The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM. This is the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, hosted by founder Sarah Coates, a licensed clinical mental health counselor. In this podcast, Sarah and her team of therapists will dive deep into many topics on mental health care. Here's your host, Sarah Coates. Hello, and welcome to the Turning Your Life Around podcast. I'm joined today with my pal, Dr. Ryan Denny. Hey, Ryan. Hello, Sarah. Good to be with you today. Thanks so much for jumping on the podcast. I know you have a lot to share. You have a whole wealth of experience and wisdom. And I just would love for you to share with the audience a little bit about how you got into the field of psychology. Yes. Well, I grew up always enjoying helping people. And I seem to have written on my forehead, talk to me. And so people always talked to me and told me their problems. I was a good listener. And so uh, when I started studying psychology in college, it really resonated with me, fit with me. And so I just kept going and kept going and kept going and got my PhD. (laughs) And here I am. It's really great to be able to help people. Yeah, kept going. How many years were you in school, actually? My gosh, four years of undergrad, two and a half years of a master's degree, and four years of a PhD. Yeah. So long time. A long time. A lot of schooling, but we're glad you made it through. Me too. And you just help so many clients in the Holly Springs community because that's uh, where you are plugged in. Yes. That's the location you work at for 180, and we just appreciate all you do. Today, we're talking about when therapists need therapy too. I know that you are comfortable sharing your own story of your healing journey through therapy, so thanks for being open and vulnerable with the audience today and sharing a little bit about your healing processes. Yes, I'm gonna rip my guts open today (laughs) and tell you about my own healing journey. It's, you know, it's kind of rare for therapists to talk about themselves because we, we listen a lot, which yeah. is our job and everything. So I'm, I thought I might take this opportunity to share my own healing journey, which definitely informs my work. I guess I'll start with a story. Hmm. When I was in graduate school, I was in group counseling class. And what we did was we got into a big group to do group therapy with each other, you know, mock therapy or whatever. I was getting my master's degree and the room started to spin and I thought I was about to pass out. And I had the thought, well, this is how I die (laughs) in group therapy class in graduate school. And I realized I was having my first panic attack. Yeah, It took me a while to realize what it was. And so it really started me on a journey of figuring out what was going on with that and why was that taking place. I wish I could say that I went to therapy and got fixed and everything was great. That is not what happened. You know, what actually happened is I realized I needed to be healed. And as I went through more graduate training, I realized that I actually was pretty depressed as well. Pretty sad, pretty kind of low-grade chronic depression. I wasn't suicidal, you know, I was still able to function and get my PhD and all of that, but I was pretty sad sack, really, if I was honest. So anxiety and depression is basically what I was struggling with. And so I realized that I got to do something about this because it's not just going to go away, just a big important realization. And then I wanted to get fixed. I wanted it to be over and better and done with. And so (laughs) I sought out some therapy for that. The first thing I realized was that you don't get fixed. I was just going to say that, right? (laughs) So many clients come in with this misconception Mm -hmm. that I'm going to do a little therapy session here too, and I'm fixed onto the next thing. Right. But we know therapy is a process. Yes. Yeah. It is, and because it's not fixing we need, it's healing. Fixing comes from the outside, anybody can do it. Healing comes from the inside out. That's so good. Just that right there is so valuable for people just to sit and just think about that for a second. Mm -hmm. It's a bitter pill because we all want to get fixed. 
We want to go to the expert, have them fix us, and it's over. And I, I was there too. But that's just not how heart healing works. Because we're not broken, we're hurt. Mm. We're wounded. Wounds need to be healed, not fixed. So that was a big real reality check for me, a big realization. And so I sought out a therapist, and finding a therapist can be hard. And sometimes you have to go through some duds to find a good fit. And so I did find a good fit, and we worked together very intensely for three years. And I learned a lot, and I did a lot of healing, and I'm still on the healing journey. But one of the first things that I worked on was my shame, was working to overcome shame. Now, shame, as you know, is not guilt. Guilt is I did something wrong, and shame is I am bad, I am flawed, there's something wrong with me. And so I had to like work through the fear that there's something wrong with me because I have anxiety and depression and also because of the reasons that I have it, that this means that there's something wrong with me because I can't deal with it, I can't handle it. Ironically, what reduced my shame was opening up about the things that I was so ashamed of. It's like exposure actually did the healing work of that shame. Right. Certainly I can see clients coming in with lots of shame and then they fear probably that just giving words to what they're mm-hmm. feeling, the shame they're feeling, will then make them feel even more shameful. Right. But what you're saying is you experience the opposite. Yes. In the presence of someone who cared for me. At the end of my therapy, I reflected on it and I realized it was not the things that my therapist did with me, the interventions, the thought changes, the stuff we did, although all that was super important. It was the way that he did it with me that was the most healing. Like he sat with you, right? So he probably sat with you. Three years of therapy is quite a journey of therapy. And so he sat with you. I'm assuming he accepted you non-judgmentally as you are, met you where you were, all the things that good therapists do. Yes, absolutely right. And his responses to the things that I felt ashamed of were so healing because it was it was like, yeah, makes sense. I get it. Or of course you feel that way, (laughs) you know, and it was just enormously healing. Now, I sought out a therapist who I knew had struggled with some of the same things that I had, which was really important. Now, I don't think a therapist has to go through all your problems to understand you and, and feel your pain. But sometimes it's just that fit. Mm. It's important to find a good fit. Yeah, finding a good fit in a therapist is just one of the key components. And like you said earlier, there's so many therapists out there. Yeah. And, and some some people are going to mesh well with and mm-hmm. some aren't. Yep. Yeah, I've, I had clients in the past who might say, especially when I was a younger therapist, mm-hmm. well, you haven't experienced, yep. say, divorce. Mm-hmm. How can you help me with that? But mm-hmm. not all therapists have to experience every right. single struggle. I mean, how can they, right? Yes, absolutely. I talk about like families of experiences. I've never been divorced, but I know what it feels like to feel rejected and hurt. To grieve. Yeah, to grieve, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So I uh, want to tell another story. I walked, my son is now five, but when he was two, I walked into the living room and he was butt naked (laughs) dancing to Elmo, (laughs) proud as a peach. And I remember thinking in that moment, this boy has no shame. And like, of course he doesn't. Why should he? Right. He has no reason to be ashamed. That's something that gets layered onto us as we go. So check this out. Think about the moment you were born. I'm going to be graphic, but you Mm -hmm. slid from (laughs) the birth canal and whoever caught you caught you. And what in that moment do you have to be ashamed of? The answer is nothing. Right. I know that we grow up and we do things and things are done to us. Awful, horrible things, perhaps. But we have no reason to be ashamed of ourselves. 
We can regret our choices. We can feel sad about what we went through. But there's no reason for shame. See what I mean? That's such a powerful, freeing kind of concept. Humans are walking around this planet carrying so much shame. And when they are able to be free from that, it's life-changing. Yep, it is. It's a million pounds off your shoulders for sure. It doesn't mean you still don't have stuff to deal with. Totally. Another thing that I learned was humility. I took a big old pill of humility because I had to admit that I was imperfect, that I needed help, that I could not heal on my own, and that I'm human like everybody else. And I find as a therapist that this is a defining variable for people who actually heal and who don't is people who are willing to be humble about it. Yeah, that's interesting. Tell the audience more. What do you mean by that's the key piece there? When you are humble, you're taking responsibility for yourself and you're acknowledging that you need help. And when you're not, then you're blaming other people Mm. and you're expecting others to fix you, which they cannot do. And you're mad all the time. I can only help you if you let me. And you have to be really humble and vulnerable to let me or anybody help you. And if it's so interesting, people that come to therapy don't want help (laughs) yet. Right. You know, who are not ready. I know. I was thinking about clients I've had in the past or clients that we've had. And maybe they they quit therapy after three or four sessions. Oh, that didn't work for me is the response that might be shared. But what you're saying is, is a very important piece here that maybe they weren't ready to do the work or to do the change that is necessary. And the humility is such a vital piece of that. Yeah, it really is. And responsibility going with that. When I was in high school, our high school chemistry teacher told us to write something on the top of our notebook. She said, write this. If it's to be, it's up to me. Oh, that's good. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, somebody famous said it, I guess. But I always remembered that because it's like you are responsible for getting things done and for making things happen. And it's the same with mental health. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you're healing from, your healing work is your responsibility. And as a therapist, I will help you. I will do everything I can to help you, but you are the one who must take ownership of it. I think I've seen a meme recently, actually, (laughs) of something of that nature that says, your trauma was not your fault. Yeah. But your healing is your responsibility. Yes. And that, like that sticks out to me very strongly. Well, avoiding responsibility is immature. It's what kids do. So it's like I had to grow up and be mature and say, I'm either going to suffer for a long, long time or I'm going to do something about this. And if I can't do something about it, I can find someone who knows what to do or who can offer me suggestions. <laughs> well, and I was just thinking too, you know, you were in graduate school. To become a clinical helper. And so here we are talking about how you weren't an expert. Even though you were learning all the things Mm -hmm. to do the helping, you still had to seek out someone else to come alongside with you. And maybe that's part of this humility piece is Mm -hmm. so many people think, ah, I'm fine. I can figure it out myself. But that is why there are so many helpers walking this planet to help humans along. And I will say the sooner the better because Mm -hmm. mental health issues tend to build over time if they're not addressed. And so the sooner you can identify your healing work and what you need to do and get after it, really the better it'll, it'll be. I also had to learn how to grieve. I had to learn what grief is. Of course, we can grieve what we had and lost, but we can also grieve what we deeply needed and never had or what we very much want and cannot have. It's kind of the two sides of a coin thing. And I had a lot of grief work to do. 
And grief is not depression. It is sadness. It is sorrow. It leads to acceptance and hope and peace. But it's what happened that should not have happened. It's what did not happen that should have. It's just making peace and grieving those things, which was very important in my healing process. You're listening to the Turning Your Life Around podcast, and I'm talking today with clinical psychologist Ryan Denny, and we're talking about when therapists need therapy. So thanks for sharing. Continue on. What else did you learn through your journey? I learned radical self-acceptance. This is my favorite. (laughs) Yay. I love radical acceptance. Yes. 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 Now, I will admit it's an in-process thing over time, but I learned that I am as I am. There are things I want to change, perhaps, but it's okay. The way that I am is okay, and the way that others are is okay. Letting them be without being mad at them or mad at myself and learning like the circle of the things that I cannot change, Mm -hmm. the circle of the things that I can and the middle things I can influence and just letting all of that be. Like, for example, I'm an introvert. And so that means I get energy from being alone and quiet. When I was on an intern, we were working so hard, and, and one of my supervisors said, okay, Ryan, I want you to relax this weekend. I want you to go and float the river and hang out with friends and have a beer with your buddies and listen to some music. And I was just looking at her. Yeah, like, getting like, more anxious yeah. on the inside, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> right. She said, you're not going to do any of that, are you? And I said, absolutely not, because as an introvert, that does not relax me. I want to be alone. I want to recuperate, and journal, and all those things introverts do. And the world seems to love extroverts, and they're wonderful. It's great. I love extroverted people too, but I'm not one. And I spent a lot of time when I was younger trying to be extroverted, trying to act like I was something that I wasn't. And it's okay. Don't have to be extroverted, like accepting that about myself. Yeah. Well, and then even just circling back to the shame that you were talking of Mm -hmm. in the beginning. So the world loves extroverts. Not everybody is one. And so then I think so many, so much of our human journey is the world telling us how we're supposed to be and yeah. operate yeah. and that creates a lot of shame in individuals mm-hmm. if they're not this or that because the world says that's what you're supposed to be yeah that's hard it is and comparison is a beast it's yeah. an awful awful thing and it always has been but now we can do it so much more with social media and other things to compare ourselves to other people and and I hate the word should Mm. I should be this I should have that I should be able to the other thing who says you know compared to what and it's this balance because I'm not saying you just well this is me this is my life it's not a giving up right thing right it's accepting the things that are that can't be changed about yourself so then question for you what do you say to a client who's sitting in your office who maybe they are here because they were referred by their boss because they're a difficult employee or <laughs> difficult coworker, mm-hmm. you know, and they're having some uh, difficult interaction with their coworkers, and they say, this is who I am. I'm radically accepting. I'm just right. a difficult person. Yep. I'm a bear. Yep. Well, how do you work with a client like that? Very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> It is a balance because I honor, I find what to honor in them. Their, their independence, their tough-mindedness, their assertiveness. Their, there's a lot going on there that their intelligence, a lot to be honored and valued. But when you start stepping on other people, 
you need to take responsibility for your behavior. You can't just get a pass with saying, well, this is just how I am. Yeah. No. You can be the way that you are and honor other people too. Right. Because they deserve as much honor and respect as you do. Yeah, absolutely. So, continuing on, what else did you learn in your journey? I'm talking about all this in the past tense. It's really so ongoing. (laughs) I learned and am learning to let go. It's one of the questions I usually ask people at some point that I work with. What is it that you think you need to let go of? Because it's the things we hold on to that keep us in anguish. This is talking about me. I had to let go of the pain of other people. Because I grew up watching people I loved have a lot of pain Mm -hmm. in their lives and experience a lot of hurt. And I, being an absorber and an intuitive, feely type person, took on a lot of that as my own and didn't even know it. Didn't Mm. even know that's what I was doing. And so I was carrying a lot of anguish that was not mine. And so learning it took a process, but learning to let go, it doesn't mean I don't love them, care for them, want the best for them, wouldn't change it for them if I could, but their pain is theirs Mm. and my pain is mine. And I have enough to carry. So often, I say with clients, is it's not your job to fix that yeah. person's pain. Yeah. You can be compassionate and empathic about it. But at some point, you have to have a boundary. Yeah. Of, I can't carry their pain or fix it for them yeah. because I'm only responsible for myself. Yes. Which is interesting because as a therapist, well, it's kind of my job to hold people's pain, to be with them in their pain. That's a metaphor that has helped me, is I'm not carrying their pain for them. I'm with them as they carry it. And being with someone as they carry their pain is enormously healing. And taking, trying to take someone's pain away doesn't work because I'm not God and don't have that power. Right. I, I always believe that we can go through anything if we're not alone. Anyway, I had to let go and it was a very healing moment or process for me to let go of the pain of other people, that I can still love them and not hold their pain. So you mentioned that this is a continuing journey. Are there any other thoughts that you're interested in sharing with the audience about as your journey continues? Yes. I have surrendered and am surrendering to the fact, the reality of my life, that I need God to heal me. I mean, that is personal to me. That's how I see things. It is an ongoing, never-ending thing. I can heal from experiences that I've had, but I also need to continue healing through my life as I go. It's an onion. It's a layered thing. And so I just am working to become more convinced of God's unconditional love for me, which is tricky because we think we know that, but then we don't always experience it for real in our lives. And that's what continues to heal me as I go. Because you know, we have hurts that happen, but then you get married and you have children and you get a career and life unfolds and the hurts keep coming. I mean, life is hard. Right. Life is really hard to live if you do it with any kind of courage, (laughs) really. When I'm surrendered to him, I'm the most healed. And when I'm trying to do it on my own, I'm the least healed, I find. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I think we're all just searching for peace. Everybody that comes to me, what I want, everybody I know just wants one thing. Yeah. And that's just internal peace. And, and the journey toward that is a beautiful thing. And you can have it if you have courage. I like that. You can achieve a peaceful living if you have courage. Yeah. So that's good. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes of your busy day. (laughs) I know you're busy. But thank you for taking time to share with the audience. And I enjoyed just having this conversation with you about when therapists need therapy. Yeah. Thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure. If you wish to continue this conversation with Ryan, 
you can reach out to him in the Holly Springs office. We also have 62 other therapists practice-wide in five locations who are available to walk with you through your healing journey. You've been listening to the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, with five triangle locations to serve you. Learn more at 1-80counseling.com. This has been an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM, a Curtis Media Group station.